This is the Insulon podcast, where I, Owen Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, an external, almost like a psychological event or emotional event, can trigger this release of glucose and this adrenaline in your, in your body that it's as much than a physical response. It was just crazy to see. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Insulone podcast with myself, Owen Costello. I hope you've all had a great week and I hope you are continuing to have a good week. So last week's episode, I touched on a big part of diabetes management for me and what I call my three A's of diabetes management, which are awareness, anticipation, and action. Now, these three words are almost like a staple to my, to my everyday with diabetes, and they're three words that I always live by. So if you did listen to that episode last week, I hope you've been implementing them for the past few days and have seen a shift or noticed more awareness. You're living more consciously, as I always say. So I hope you've benefited from that episode. And if you have not listened yet, I definitely, definitely recommend that you go back to last week and tune into that episode because it's a, it's a good one. And I, it was one I was, I was delighted to get out there. And again, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. Graham O'Toole. It's nice to be on two weeks in a row. Lovely to hear your voice in my ears as we sit <laughs> looking at each other via video call. I'm very good. The sun is shining outside. We're in Dublin City. It is Tuesday, coming up to 2 p.m. What has your week been like, Owen? My week has been very, very good. Like you said, the weather is lovely. The sun is shining and I'm, uh, I'm in the attic in my house right now so it's kind of like my office space but like i said before there's two big windows in here so it's almost like they magnify the heat and i have to have them closed for the sound for the podcast but yeah i had a good week i actually i ended up meeting a friend that i was in college with so like i said before i went to art college i have a degree in animation that's what i studied i don't really do anything got to do with it but i met a friend who i was very close to in college and we had a good relationship so i suppose throughout my college years i was spending a lot of time with with this friend you know we would whatever have lunch together and all this kind of thing but he used to always ask about my diabetes and ask can i eat this and does that mean you can't eat sugar all the stereotypical questions that a non-diabetic would ask a diabetic so he <laughs> because we are good friends he used to always kind of take the piss out of me with diabetes and wind me up a bit so i used to always say as a joke obviously if i was injecting myself i'd say do you want some insulin for your food like you have to take it too don't you and he goes no 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 my pancreas does what it's supposed to do so, so he always used to slag me for that and after we graduated college about two years after that, I think he was the age of, I think he was 27 at the time. He himself was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. No way. <laughs> yeah. oh. 
Isn't that mad? What? what? Like, the chances of that happening are so, so slim. Yeah. Now, it's funny. and I kind of slap. Obviously, I don't want anybody <laughs> to be diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. But because we're good friends, I was kind of like, ha, 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 you, you deserve that now <laughs> after slagging me for all the years. But uh, yeah, I met up with him this week and we were just kind of catching up, obviously, and talking all things diabetes. And he was sharing a story with me and how he's adjusted to it. And it was interesting to get his perspective on it, because one of the main things he said to me was he had kind of passed his going out years to an extent because he was 27 at the time so he had kind of got the ages of 18 to 25 done without having diabetes so he didn't have to worry about it so much on nights out and all that kind of thing but yeah he said it was difficult to adjust to obviously but he seems to have a really good grasp on it which was great to hear it's just comforting having having a conversation with another diabetic i hope he's listening to the podcast right now he always does Danny. boy What's happening? <laughs> I said to him, I was like, I'm definitely going to mention you on this week's podcast. Well, maybe he has a question. He can email us, theinsalonepodcast at gmail.com. Brings us to an email we read at the end of last week's episode from Mel. And she was just basically talking about how she was nervous going to college because she had just been diagnosed at the age of 19, similar to your cell phone. And you gave her some advice on going to college. But the main worry was the stress of it all. And you said that stress is such a big part of diabetes that you wanted to dedicate a whole episode to stress. And that's what we're going to do in this week's episode. So I suppose let's kickstart the episode with what exactly is stress? Without the diabetes or the blood sugars, what is stress? So stress is basically your body's natural reaction to a threatening situation or event and it's almost like an internal biological safety mechanism so when you are stressed this is basically when your body is responding with the fight or flight response i suppose back in the day thousands of years ago when our hunter gatherer ancestors were living very very different lives to what we're living today when they were stressed they would have this reaction of you know fight or flight so they would be stressed for example if they're being chased by a bear so if you're getting chased by a bear your body has this overwhelming sense of stress to either fight the bear or to run away from the bear so when you are stressed your body will naturally release stress hormones so the stress hormones that are released are cortisol and epinephrine also known as adrenaline so everybody knows what adrenaline is everybody knows that it exists so this surge of adrenaline is to kind of give your body that kick give your body that energy so you can either fight a threat or run away from a threat when your adrenal glands which are on top of your kidneys release these hormones into your body it's just that safety kind of survival instinct of run away or fight so that's what stress is and i suppose the the difference now between stressful situations in in the 21st century compared to thousands of years ago is the fact that psychologically 
we don't differentiate between a physical threat and say an emotional threat. So that's why when you get stressed about, you know, an exam, a relationship, something you have to do, it may not be a physical threat in terms of I am at risk, my life is at risk here, or my health is being is is being threatened. You still can't differentiate between the two. So you have the same bodily reaction. So you have the cortisol, you have the epinephrine, this adrenaline being pumped into your bloodstream to either fight a threat or run away from a threat. Let's say, for example, you're you're stressed for a speech. Let's say you're doing a speech in front of 5,000 people, right? So you get stressed beforehand and this fight or flight response is being released into your body. So it's not like you're going to run away from doing this speech. So the same reaction happens where your body's under stress. You're worried about this speech you have to do. So the adrenaline's being pumped, your heart's racing. You know, you, you feel you feel warm in your hands and your legs and you may start getting sweaty. So I suppose the, the difference nowadays is the fact that we have that same response internally, even if it's not necessarily a physical threat. I'd say our hunter-gatherer ancestors would look down upon us now and laugh where they were being chased by wild boar and bears <laughs> while we get nervous about standing up in front of people and doing some <laughs> yeah. public speaking, which I do too. And I speak for a living, but in a studio. But if I have to go up in front of people, I can feel that adrenaline going through my body. In my mm. head, I'm like, oh, I just wish this was over. But you can certainly feel your body changing and chemicals being released in your body. But mm. what would be the results of stress? The immediate reaction in your body of stress is like i said you know your heart starts thumping you get uncontrolled breathing you know you maybe start panting you like you can't control your breathing properly and you might get a bit sweaty so they're kind of the immediate effects whereas if you have chronic stress if you have long lasting stress say for example you've you know you live a very stressful life or you're in a stressful relationship or a job and you're, you kind of have just like that flat line amount of stress all the time. And you don't necessarily have something to relieve that stress or to kind of get your mind off it. So I suppose the long-term effects and the consequences of, of chronic stress are a lack of sleep. It can suppress your appetite. It can suppress your immune system. So it's almost like you're more likely to get sick. It can mess with your digestion. So a lot of the time, your brain and your gut are controlled by many of the same hormones. So when you get stressed, obviously it happens first in your head, but because you're, the hormones in your gut and your head can often be the same, you will feel it in your stomach. So when you're stressed, you get that butterfly feeling in your stomach. You're almost like slightly irritable. You've nausea. You might even vomit in severe cases. I suppose even longer periods of stress can lead to uh, high blood pressure too. So as much as it is a psychological threat, let's call it, it can have very, very definite physical effects on your body. Without getting too graphic, I know when I'm stressed, if I have a stressful event coming up and work, I will have to go to the toilet a lot more than normal. 
And that's just a natural response to my body. And I always wondered, why does it affect my stomach so much? Why do I get that feeling in my gut? But the fact that you were saying there that the gut and the brain, they're connected in that way. Mm makes a lot of sense, especially for me. Okay, so we're kind of starting to understand what stress is, but let's bring it into diabetes. How does it affect your blood sugar? So (laughs) like most internal and external factors in your life, stress will have a huge, huge, huge impact on your blood sugar. So as vital as it is to manage stress as, quote unquote, a normal person who doesn't have diabetes, it's even more important to try and manage your own stress if you do have diabetes oh, i couldn't even so, imagine it i, I couldn't uh, deal with diabetes on top of my own stress yeah, <laughs> no, please is, no no don't make me type one diabetic i'm stressed enough as it is but it's and it's funny it's because when you get stressed a perfect example it's kind of like a vicious cycle it's, it's like you get stressed about being diabetic and your blood sugars and then because your blood sugars are off you get more stressed and then because you're stressed, these hormones are being released and it has more of an impact on your blood sugar. So it's like this constant cycle. <laughs> but what what happens in your body biologically when you're stressed is, like I was saying earlier, when you feel this kind of overwhelming sense of stress, cortisol, epinephrine, also known as adrenaline, are released. These stress hormones basically will make your liver dump glucose into your bloodstream All right. so again that's that fight or flight response where i'm having glucose dumped into my body here so my muscles and my limbs are filled with glucose filled with blood and energy so i can fight or flight as in run away so graham when you're stressed your body will release these stress hormones your blood sugar will rise as a result but because your pancreas does what it's supposed to do, that will counteract that blood sugar spike with insulin. Whereas like myself and millions of other people with diabetes, when we're stressed, we get these stress hormones, that overwhelming feeling, the glucose is being dumped into your body naturally, but our pancreas doesn't do what it's supposed to do. It's just in there doing nothing. So our blood sugar will just continue to rise and rise and rise and rise and rise and rise. So that's why it's so important, particularly if you're diabetic, to kind of have a good hold on your stress, to manage your stress well, work with yourself almost daily to to help manage that stress because it will have a massive impact on your blood sugar. Do you yourself have any stories about when this happened, i.e. when you were stressed and your blood sugar levels just kept on going up? Yeah, there's definitely a few times I've been stressed where I've I've noticed that rise. But the one that will always stand out to me the most, and I think it's because I had a CGM at the time, so I could see that physical spike in the graph on my phone. When I was back in the States, it would have been, I suppose, early December of this year or last year even. So I was in the States and... Jillian Ripalone, remember that was on the podcast a few episodes ago. She was our first ever guest on the podcast. first ever guest. Yep. So Jillian is obviously a good friend of mine, and I saw her in LA in October, and she gave me a a Dexcom G5 sensor that she didn't need at the time. So it was kind of it was my first ever CGM. I'd never used them before. I'd only just pricked my finger. So I had this at the time. Okay. <laughs> 
And obviously with the CGM, you can see it on your phone. You see your graph, you see blood spikes, blood drops. So anyway, I was, <laughs> I was, I was in New York and I got an email with news that I didn't want, let's say, without going into detail. So when I read this email, it was very overwhelming for me. It was extremely stressful to read. And I almost even feel it now just thinking about it. It's that feeling of like the physical change in your body. Your heart is pumping, you know, you're breathing, you're panting almost and your palms start sweating. So I really noticed that physical change. And obviously, because I'm so into diabetes, I I was aware of the impact that stress can have on your body. So read this email, (laughs) tried to calm myself down. And about an hour later, I had kind of just like relaxed a bit and I was just going about my day. But I looked at my, my Dexcom graph and it shows the time, obviously, because it's it's kind of like a live reading and the exact time that I was reading that email the graph on my blood sugar had just skyrocketed wow an external almost like a psychological event or emotional event can trigger this release of glucose and and this adrenaline in your in your body that it's as much than a physical response. It was just crazy to see because any time previous I had been, I had been stressed. I would just kind of see a high reading on my on my blood monitor where I prick my finger, but to be able to actually see it as that graph with the, with the live spike nearly when I read the email it was nuts. Do you ever, in your mind, when you maybe forecast a stressful situation coming up? get stressed about the thought of getting stressed. Would that be a thing as well? Yeah, so a quote that almost instantly jumps into my head when I when I hear that question is from a Roman philosopher back in, I think, like, I think he died in 65 AD called Seneca. And one of his famous quotes is, we suffer more often in imagination than in reality. Ooh, that's good. Isn't that unreal? That's unreal. And that that probably sums me up a lot. Um, (laughs) And I'm sure some people listening as well. But yeah, so, and to try and kind of remind yourself of that quote, if you're somebody who maybe suffers from stress quite often, you do worry about a situation before it even happens. Mm. So I suppose that kind that stress and that anxiety before anything even happens and that kind of kick starts the fight or flight response in your body. So you, you could be sitting at your desk and work or you could be watching TV or you could be in bed trying to go to sleep and you could think about a situation that has happened or that hasn't happened yet. And because your body can't differentiate between a physical or emotional stressful event you will have that same reaction in your body so you could just be in bed trying to go to sleep next thing i'm worried about a speech that i have to do hmm. i'm like do, 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 do. your heart starts pumping you know you might start sweating you can't breathe properly so it's insane and i think a good way to try and overcome that and 
I've looked into this a lot, even just for myself, because obviously when you are diabetic, it's important to manage your stress because it does have that physical impact on your blood sugar, like we just spoken about. But a good way to kind of overcome that stress is to understand what it is. Now, I know we've gone through it over the past few minutes, but if you try and view your stress not just as a negative thing and you understand that it's your body trying to keep you safe so it doesn't feel good when your heart starts pumping and your hands start sweating and you can't breathe as you would like to breathe but that is your body looking out for you it's your body helping you rise to a certain challenge i like to say a nervous feeling or event shows that you are doing something out of your comfort zone that will probably lead to something greater than it has before, if that makes sense. Definitely, because just to come in, one of my friends, I was chatting to him about something I was doing a couple of months ago, and I was just explaining how stressed I got about it and how I'd like, like found it really difficult to breathe before it. And then he said, well, look, Graham, if you're not getting stressed, that means you're not putting yourself in those situations where you can progress yourself and move yourself forward. And it was from that moment I go, do you know what? You're right. It's better that I'm in those situations getting stressed because once I do that situation, then I've done it and I can do it again and again and again. The first time is the worst. Exactly. I, lo- I love hearing people speak like that. And it's so true because you feel it's great to feel comfortable and relaxed and stuff. But when you do feel stressed and you have that bit of fear of something that you need to do, or person you need to talk to or assignment or exam that you have to get through you do feel stressed but it shows that you're getting yourself out there and if you look at it biologically and see it as your body preparing you for a challenge the pounding heart preparing you for action getting oxygen all around your body you're breathing faster getting oxygen to your brain increased body temperature it's getting blood to your muscles and your limbs so that you can fight or flight so if you understand how it is that your body's just kind of naturally and instinctively looking after your own health it can change how you view it just as a negative would you have any ways in which you can manage your stress and Look, granted, we we know there are people who are naturally anxious and they have anxiety, so it can be difficult for them. But are there any little ways that, who knows, it could help somebody in just like a percent or two percent um, in improving their anxiety or stress? Yeah, of course. Obviously, people are going to have different levels of stress and some will suffer more than others. That's like most things. But what you can do and what I do personally to try and help manage stress I'm not overly stressed, but just like everybody, everyone gets stressed. So what I like to do is look at my diet, fill it with fruit, vegetables, healthy fats, whole foods that we all know are healthy. That's going to be good for your body. Exercise, that's probably the number one for me anyway. Like when you exercise, when you go for a run, a cycle, lift weights, you're releasing these endorphins. You're releasing these natural happy, good hormones. They're feel-good hormones. Dopamine, serotonin are going to be released when you go out for a run. So it doesn't have to be anything overly overly strenuous. It can just be 15, 20-minute walk. 
you know, just get some air into you, clear the head, go for a bit of exercise, get those feel good hormones flying in your body. Sleep. That's a big one. People underestimate the impact that sleep's going to have on your stress levels. If you get a solid six, seven, eight, I definitely recommend trying to get eight hours sleep a night. That's 100% going to reduce your, your stress levels. When you sleep, it's just your body just like recharging your batteries. It's just giving everything a break. It's recuperating everything. So definitely, definitely try and get six, seven, eight, nine, ten. mindfulness and meditation is a big one now meditation doesn't have to be something where you picture like a shaolin monk sitting on top of a buddhist temple or whatever like meditation is something that i do 15 minutes every single day and i know that my brothers and my parents are probably listening to this they're like you meditate every day because i don't think i've told them but anyway i meditate 15 minutes every single day and i use an app called headspace have you heard of that graham yeah i played around with the apps i'm not going to say i do it every day because mm. i go through phases where i'm like right i'm meditating now and uh it's funny you mentioned your parents there <laughs> i would have done it by myself as well and i was at home over christmas and i was meditating in my bedroom and my mum barged in the door it's like what are you doing (laughs) and I was like ah it was as if I was naked (laughs) I'm in my zen band here leave me alone I meditate she goes what is that and I was like it's okay it's different generations different generations but I when I do do it (laughs) I definitely find the benefits of it it's hmm. just that I need to get into the habit and it's all about habit, 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 hmm. habit of doing it. So when did you start? Yeah. How long have you been doing for? Uh, well over a year now. Okay. So it's, I suppose I, I'm somebody who, who likes to kind of try and stick to a, a steady routine and that will definitely benefit your overall diabetes management. So it kind of fit into my life well. So 15 minutes every day, usually after a coffee in the morning, I'll do like 15 minutes. And it, it's not anything overly difficult. It's just kind of... For it, someone who doesn't have the app, hmm. never looked at the meditation apps, what exactly is it for people who don't know? So what I use is, it's kind of like a guided meditation. So pop the headphones in and this guy from the app kind of talks you through it. It's all just about being present that's the big thing they say but just kind of focusing on your breathing and just big deep breaths in big deep breaths out and just you're kind of just settling into your day and i've really really enjoyed it i have to say just setting 15 minutes aside each day is nothing and yeah it's good it's interesting and it's kind of it's unusual to start initially it's quite unusual but when you get into it, into the habit of just really controlling your breathing 15 minutes a day, you'd notice the effects big time. And so the app you use is Headspace, because I know there's a few different ones, but people kind of have their opinions on it, but Headspace is the one that you use. Headspace is the one I use. Yeah, I think I got an, I got an annual membership for like $99 or something yeah. back when I got it. So not overly expensive at all. And if you're using it every day, it's great. It's obviously, you get your money's worth, but 
just getting into that steady routine of 10, 15 minutes a day is really nice. I, I look forward to it in the mornings. And I remember <laughs> there was one time in particular when, when I was doing it. It was back when I was in the States. And I had a few drinks the night before. So, you know, when your head's kind of hazy anyway. Mm. And I did like a 30 minute meditation. So I really, really got into this one. And it was almost, it was almost like I was hallucinating or something. It was so weird because I was so into it and I was obviously half asleep as well at the time. Your body and mind are like so relaxed. Yeah, I often fall but, asleep when I, uh, when I do it. Yeah, the key is to do it sitting upright because yeah. if I do it lying on a bed or just lying on my back, I'm asleep like that. Yeah. So you've no hope. Sitting up straight, feet on the floor, hands on your knees. And uh, yeah, it's great. I love it. So anyone listening, couldn't recommend it enough. And Another one to manage stress, like I've just been talking about, understanding physically what's happening in your body when you're stressed. I feel when you biologically know what's happening, it's kind of less daunting. So it's not this over, it, you're not just thinking, oh my God, what, what the hell is this feeling? Why am I, why is my heart thumping? Why can I barely breathe? Why am I sweating? When you understand what it is that is happening, it's these hormones being released. It's a internal survival instinct and it's less, it's less daunting then as well as it's easier to manage. And another one is just kind of is reflection. So if you feel like you're somebody who suffers from stress a lot and you're noticing the impacts of that on your blood sugar, I would definitely try and keep track of times when you're stressed and times when you see that your blood sugar is spiking as a result of being stressed. So let's say Monday mornings, you hate going to work and you're stressed because it's the start of the week and you, you don't want to go in or there's a colleague that you don't like and you just kind of, it's just an uncomfortable feeling on a Monday morning. If you feel that this is part of my week where I'm definitely overly stressed because you have identified that this specific moment in your week is when you feel stressed, more than likely you'll see your blood sugar spike as a result and therefore cortisol adrenaline will make you more insulin resistant and you will need more insulin to bring it back down so if you kind of aimlessly go about your week and and go about your monday morning and you're just stressed and your blood sugar is high and you get annoyed and you get stressed because that's happening again so it's like that cycle nothing's going to change whereas just like last week awareness anticipation action if you can see okay i see this pattern on a monday morning i get stressed I feel like shit. I don't want to go in. That's when my blood sugar is spiking. You'll then know for the future, I need more insulin because I know my blood sugar without fail every week spikes at this time. I know I need more, more insulin to bring it back down. Or I know I need to start my day with a jog or a walk to bring it down naturally. So having kind of like that weekly or daily reflection or just being aware of times when you feel overly stressed. I think we have covered stress. You happy with that, Owen? I think you've got everything across there that you need to get across. I think so. That's definitely yeah. the uh, that's the bones of stress, definitely for sure. I don't think we have enough time this week to answer any emails, but as per usual, we will do our very best to get to some of them in future episodes. But if you do have a question for Owen, maybe you heard something in that episode right there about stress and you want Owen to um, describe it in more detail, 
or anything else that's on your mind, you can get us on email, theinsalonepodcast at gmail.com. And we'll do our very best. And rate, subscribe, share on Instagram, email list own as well. Do you want people to say about the email list? Absolutely. Yeah. So all that good stuff, rate, comment, subscribe, share on Instagram, share wherever you want. I really, really appreciate it. But another big one is joining my weekly email list. Send at least one out a week all about diabetes, fitness, health, let's say managing stress from now on. (laughs) (laughs) But if you want to join that, you can go onto my website, insulone.com, and you can sign up absolutely free. And you can join my email diabetes community. I'd love to have you on board. But until then, thanks so much for listening. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, have a great week. Don't be be overly stressed. (laughs) See you. Great. Take it easy.